Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is the inspiring and genuine Anya Romanova. Anya and I met just a few months ago at a women's storytelling circle hosted by a mutual friend. The theme of the night was stories that warm our hearts. Anya and I ended up sitting next to each other and bonded quickly over the notion that the warmth we really wanted to feel was located a little further south, if you know what I mean. I think we shocked the room a bit with our candor, but I quickly realized that my new friend was not one to shy away from realness, and I love that about her. Anya is a certified coach, instructional designer, and facilitator whose mission it is to build communities of women. I'm so happy to have her here today to share her beautiful story of transformation, self-acceptance, and love. Welcome, Anya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and speak to you. So I recently watched a Facebook Live video that you did, and it spoke to me. You said that every experience is given to you in life so that you can be of service to others. And you said that you wanted to encourage people to share their experiences and their insights so that other people can relate. And that was the genesis of this podcast, actually, that, you know, we all have a life lesson that is worth sharing and that, you know, you never know when something you say is going to truly change someone else's life and that'll really create a connection for them. So I loved what you were saying and you actually talked about um, what legacy you wanted to leave. And if we had like a billboard on a busy highway, what is one thing that it would say that would sort of represent who you are and the legacy that you wanted to leave? Yeah, there's so much that I love about it. This this is one of those posts when I when I work with people, I always tell them like do marketing from your intuition. So often the post that I create is something that I'm going through in my life or something that I'm thinking. I always say, especially for people who have had some tough experiences in their life, make it count. Make something out of it. Like, why were you giving this experience, right? And as I said, how can you make it be of service to other people? Because I think we get stuck and make it about ourselves. All the time on social media, we're like, I really want to say that, but what would people think? What would people say? We're so addicted to being liked and pleasing people. And I think the transformation happens when you go from, I don't care what people think of me. If I make this post and I take this slip and it helps one person, it's worth it. I totally agree. I think that living authentically is so important. There is, though, a challenge with not caring what other people think. And I actually heard something the other day that was really impactful, and it was take a small slip of paper and write down the names of the people that you really give a crap Mm -hmm. what they think about you. And then whoever else don't worry about it and just do you. And I think it's such an important lesson for us. It's as a, as moms of daughters, you and I, that's such an important thing that we have to teach them is to not give a crap what other people think, just live authentically because I really believe that when we do, when we put our you know true vulnerable selves out there, that's when we create connections and find our people. And, and I don't actually believe we'll ever reach a stage where we don't care. I care, but I still do it. 
So it's about choosing courage. Like, and that's something we're going to talk about. There's a lot about like choice here. I'm at a choice. Every time before I post something, there's a little part of me who's like, really? Like, you're going to post this? Even like last week, it was a lesbian visibility day. And I was at my home and I was like, here's a choice. You can speak up, you can come out yet again, because like that never stops. We're always coming out. Or you can choose to hide. Secrecy creates shame. So here I am at a choice. I'm telling like in my bedroom, because for a lot of people, it might seem like I just posted on the flick. It's like, oh, whatever, I'll just post it. I always like I'm super intentional with everything I do. And there's something for me where I'm at a choice. And I think there's so many women who will not speak up. I will speak up for them. I'm like, am I willing to take the risk yet again? And I am. Like, is it worthy? Is it important enough? Am I willing to fall on my face flat for this cause? And if the answer is yes, then I'll do it. I love that. But I think we always care. I still care. I think it's just human nature that we do. But I think you're right in that when it's the really important stuff, when it really matters, that's when we almost have a responsibility, right? A duty to ourselves, to our authentic selves, to put it all out there that's exactly it because all my life i think i'm at a choice right now where i always used to abandon myself for the sake of pleasing others and then you come to a point in your life and maybe like you have a quantum moment you have a transformation your midlife where you just choose i don't want to abandon myself anymore like for me it's so much more important now to love myself and appreciate myself than please someone so that's the choice. I'm like, am I not going to speak again and abandon myself yet again? Or am I going to speak up? And also we talk about, right, being of service. I always think like, who is this going to serve? Don't make it about you. Because I think, again, like it's so hard when you make it about you. Like, what would they think about me? Always switch it to like, how can I be of service in the world? What needs to be said? Like what you're doing with this podcast what is not being said. Everybody's thinking this. Everybody's feeling this. Who has the courage to speak up? You said something that spoke to me just then. You know, I think that a lot of times when we post or, you know, when we when we put ourselves out there, we we think we know exactly who the, our audience is. And we think we're, we know who we're going to be connecting with. But sometimes it surprises us. And we say something that connects with someone that we never expected. And it can be something so meaningful or life-changing for them. Yeah, and that's what makes it worth it for me. Right, Brené Bond talks about it, and you mentioned something. Who are the people that matter and whose feedback matters to me? For me, I always, I get, like, look, I put myself out there a lot, and I do get criticism, and I do get some nasty comments, and I do get a lot and a lot of messages who are like, oh, my God, thank you so much for saying this. It was so important. So it's like I get feedback from people who are with me on the arena getting their ass kicked. Those people matter to me. If you're not doing anything, I don't give a fuck about your opinions or feedback, honestly. Like, are you with me trying to change the world? Great, let's talk about it. You're just at home doing nothing. I really don't care. Yeah. Well, I think it takes guts to have that perspective. And probably you didn't, I'm going to guess, always have that perspective oh that came through no, experience. No, no, no. I'm so happy to be in the place where I am because I did. I think here's, here's my idea. I think we always had that as kids and then society didn't accept that. 
And then our parents said, be quiet and be small. And my whole life, I've been like, you're too loud. You're too much. I grew up with the idea that I'm too much and I'm too loud. So, and then our partner starts saying it to us. And then we become smaller and smaller and we diminish our light, right? And then at some point, I think, some of us get to a point where it's like, fuck it, I'm not going to be small anymore. And if you can't handle me, as you said, you're probably not my people. But I cannot not speak anymore. Like, I need to say who I am and I need to be myself. And um, I don't know, I think it's important, but it ta- it took me many, many years and a lot of work to get to this point. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think it wasn't until my maybe mid-30s, but even more so in my 40s, yeah. that I, as you say, said, fuck it, and said, you know what, like... I, I will know my people, like when you feel that deep connection, when you feel that, you know, when you're putting yourself out there and you feel supported and appreciated for exactly mm-hmm. who you are yeah. and all its messiness and yeah. whatever, um, I feel like, you know, it, it wasn't until, you know, decades into life that, mm-hmm. you know, we feel comfortable enough to to put 99 percent of it yeah, out there yeah. I mean, there's always that even 91 that, you know it's good enough. but um but it is freeing for sure and like you said it allows you to find your people yeah because until then or even if i'm alone it's okay to be alone but mm-hmm. i want to be in my truth i can no like there's there came a point where I literally, like, my body started shutting down because I was not being who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I just could not tolerate it anymore. I could tolerate it for many, many, many years, but then I got to a point where I'm like, I don't care what's going to happen. I cannot do this anymore. And I think some of us reach that point where we just don't care anymore. Like, maybe I'll be homeless. Maybe I'll be broke. Maybe I'll never find a partner. Maybe I'll never do what I love. But I cannot do what I'm doing right now. And I think for a lot of your listeners, maybe, who got to that point where it's with their job, where they drive to the parking lot one day and they're like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I need to get out. Or maybe it's their marriage or maybe it's relationship with their parents or whatever that is. Uh, I think we often, and here's what happens, right? We get to that point of like, I cannot do this anymore. And the window of opportunity opens up and we either jump or we stay and we tolerate even more. And the more times it happens, and if you don't make a leap, there is a big up, like then the fear starts growing, right? And insecurity that it's even possible. And so many, this is where I call it like a prostitute archetype where we really lose, we lose ourselves and we sell our soul. Mm. So you talk a lot about choice and yeah. I know, you know, specifically in terms of your life, mm-hmm. you um, had a big choice to make. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about um, how you came to the point where you knew you had to decide one way or the other? Mm-hmm. You know, can you take us back a little bit and talk about when you knew it was time to to it's, make a choice, a big choice. Yeah, I think there were a couple of times in my life where I had to make a choice. And the first time I remember, I was 11 years old and I grew up in Estonia. It's one of the Baltic countries. It used to be part of USSR. And I remember growing up in this really kind of like uh, in poverty with a single mom, bad neighborhood. And I remember being 11 years old, coming home from the kind of like a farmer's market because we didn't have like big superstores back then carrying these heavy bags as a child, going home and thinking this will not be my life. 
I don't see myself. I don't, I had this deep knowing in my heart that this will not be my life. So when I graduated from high school, I got on a plane and I moved to Canada by myself when I was 19. The minute I could get out, I got out. So that was the first choice where it was totally out of the box. I had like $60. I always say half of them I spent in Germany airport because I bought food. So, and I came, I had a, a job offer here to work as a nanny, but that was a big leap. And I and it, what helped me make another big choice in my life is remembering who was that 19-year-old girl who had the courage to jump on a plane and move across the world by herself with no money. That's incredibly brave. I can't imagine. But here's what happened. I lost that girl. When I came to Canada, and because uh, my mother died when I was young, I lived by myself. So when I came to Canada, a year later, I met my ex-husband. And I was so happy and I was so tired of taking care of myself that when I met him and he kind of like check mark, check mark, check mark, good family, I saw his potential and I was so in love with him. And I was like, this is it, this is my person. I gave to him all of my power. And for the next 12 years, I was slowly giving my power away. Oh, you don't like skiing? I'm not going to ski. You don't like stand-up? I'm not going to do stand-up. Slowly giving, giving, giving my power away to the point where I remember being 30-year-old or 29 years old, let's say 10 years later, I already had two kids. I came to a therapist and it was such a profound moment because she would ask me questions and I would say, I don't know, but this is what Alex would say. And I don't know, but this is what Alex would do. And she basically was like, I don't give a fuck about Alex. What do you think? And I said, I don't know. I didn't know. I, I totally gave myself away. I don't want to say I lost myself because really it was clearly a choice. I wanted him to take care of me. And so that's when I started this like process of transformation and trying to remember who was the 19-year-old girl. How did I lose her? And I think a lot of women will resonate with this idea of like, we used to be brave, we used to be courageous, we used to have all of these qualities. And then somewhere along the way, we had children, we got married, we got jobs, and we compromised ourselves for so long that we gave our power away. And this is where the choice comes back in. So, and then I had many years of having this, uh, what I'm, I'm totally went on a whole journey, but it comes back to when I was faced with, I knew the truth was that I was a gay woman. Like there was a lot of years of like curiosity and experimentation. And I just got to the point where here I am in the world working with all these women and demanding them to be authentic and demanding them to be courageous and demanding them to make courageous choices. And I'm not doing it. And that integrity piece, when I already started working as a coach, was killing me on the inside. I felt like a complete fraud. But the cost was so high because me divorcing, coming out as a gay woman in my 30s, because remember, I'm not gay enough for gay. I've been married to a man and had two kids. And I'm not straight. So like, who am I and where do I belong? So I think it was the second time in my life where first as an immigrant, I didn't feel like I belong. I never went to university. I never went to school. I've never had my community. And second time as a gay woman, again, all of my friends were straight living in the suburbs. I didn't know anybody that I could relate to or feel like I belong. 
So to your question, like, how did I make that choice? I got to a point where I could not lie anymore. I could not. I just physically could not be living a lie anymore. And I woke up. It took me again years. Just for anybody who is struggling and thinking, like, I need to make that choice. It took me years of crying almost every night and grieving what I had and hurting. And and this feeling, I think, a lot of us, when we go through big transformation, the feeling of who am I to rock the boat? Because it's going to impact my children, it's going to impact my family, it's going to impact my friends, it's going to impact my partner, it's going to impact my in-laws. Like, we think of all these people, right, that, uh, and that's where I think we make a choice to stay, because we're not worthy of walking away. Well, I think we, you know, as, as parents, as moms especially, you know, we... Um, get caught up in taking care of everyone else. And I think, you know, in terms of so many things, um, you know, we're in this sort of fog of of parenthood for yeah. a decade or more. And then I think when we, you know, come out of that, we then start to think about ourselves again. We, you know, start to have more time, more flexibility, more freedom to think about ourselves again. And then I think it's a whole reevaluation of, like you say, looking back on our younger selves. Who am I? Who was I? Am I still that person? I don't know. So I think just, I mean, in terms of so many things, I mean, in your case, it was sexuality, just even in terms of some people, it's career, you know, there are so many things to think about once we give ourselves the permission to do that once oh, again I'm after so, so many years of of yeah, not. I'm so happy you're bringing the word permission because, I mean, when we talk about choice, we always, I, I love to talk about like, whose permission are you waiting for? Because we get to tend to be in that child mode in like, I, I'm not allowed to do that. My husband would never allow me to leave my job. My in-laws would never allow me to move to different countries. We're always like, we're acting as like children walking around. And also with the kids, when we are at a, here's what helped me. And I can tell you like one thing that helped me to make that finally a choice is what am I role modeling to my children? What I clearly was not happy in my marriage, and nor was my partner. Are we role modeling passion and love and support, or are we role modeling to people who are just staying here paying bills? Like there's such a, I don't know, urgency with like, what, not what I'm saying, but I want to raise courageous, brave women who take a stand for what they believe in, who their happiness first and joy because that's what that's how we change the world so was it hard yes but in the back of my mind what helped me was to always see that when they grow up I want them to walk away when they're not happy I want them to walk away even when they take things too far and feel like I don't want to do this I want them to stand up and walk away because that's what kind of drove me even with the job am I going to teach them how to compromise yourself and sacrifice we're so addicted to struggling we are addicted to struggling. Or am I going to role model to them that you stand up and you choose different? That's the choice. How does it feel now to live as your authentic self? Oh my God. <laughs> Tell them I'm like beaming with smile. It, it's, it's great because I don't think we realize the impact it has when we're inauthentic because now I have nothing to lose. Like today I had a big meeting um, for work and I walk in like this is who I am. And this is what I do and this is what I don't do. Like I'm so clear on like who I am and I'm so okay with who I am and I know the value that I bring into the world. 
And it's almost like, as I say, shame loves secrecy. And that's when we're small. We think we're if we're lying at home, we're only lying at home. It transitions and kind of like it goes into our careers, in our relationships with friends. It's almost like see it as you're only showing up as like 60% of yourself. They never get to see 100%. What happens now, and it still blows my mind, I would go to conferences. And I remember first time I think it happened at TEDx Toronto, where this woman reached out to me and said, oh my God, like, who are you? I want to get to know you. I love your energy. I just feel so grounded and so in my power. Like, there's nothing you can take away from me. I don't have any secrets. Like, there's nothing you can threaten me with. Like, there isn't anything. Like, I'm openly out in all of the areas. This is what I do for work. Those are my kids. Like, if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you'll see there's nothing that I hide because I don't think there's anything wrong with me. What amazing freedom comes There's with that. There's so much freedom. There's so much freedom and so much power. Yes. This is when we take our power back. This is when we stop waiting for someone else to make our dreams true. It's like once I had a dream, but like the society is against me, I could never make money, I could never leave a job. This is where we take our power back and we say, I'm responsible for my life. I'm responsible for my choices. This is such a powerful place to be in. One thing that occurred to me when I was, you know, researching you online for this podcast um, (laughs) was an old picture of you. Mm. Long hair. um, I played the straight woman really, really well. You did. But I have to say, I looked at that picture and I said, and it had your name next to it, but it didn't connect for me because the woman who sits across from me now looks like... It just looks like this is you. It's just so who you are. And so for those who can't see you, (laughs) they can Google you, of course. But like, you know, so you had this long blonde hair, very, you know, traditional feminine if if yeah. if that's okay to say that's what society wanted me to be but now life. i mean you have this amazing beautiful edge to you and you just look as you are now as i think you were meant to be yes. and i and, and so i guess the question is you know you had this inward transformation mm-hmm. and obviously did this the outward transformation come at the same time i think it was in stages right because the first stage was i think i went through a little bit of like rage in terms of this is i was who society wanted me to be and it started with my own mother when i was very little and i was always kind of like a tomboy she'd be like walk like a girl eat like a girl sit like a girl i don't know if you even know what that means but it was all the message from very young age was all about be more feminine be more feminine be more feminine so i became feminine and every time but like on, when I go to Zumba and I would wear my sport clothes, I'm like, this is like what feels like me. But then I had an ex-partner who's like, oh, I wish you wore a dress. I wish you wore heels. So this is, again, playing into society, what feminine beauty looks like. So cutting off my hair and having the short haircut, and I keep playing with it, and now I went to the whole next level of like shaving lines on the side of my head. Of course, all of it was kind of like a slow progression. But again, there was so much power in saying, you won't tell me what is acceptable and what feminine or what my beauty is. I will tell you who I am. That comes back to identity. Because like for all these years, I became who you wanted me to be so that you love me. 
Like, is that who you want me to be? I'll be that. Do you want me to wear a dress? I'll wear a dress. Do you want me to have blonde hair? I'll have blonde hair. Do you want me to be brunette? I'll be brunette. Who do you want? Like, just tell me who you want me to be and I'll be that. And I always said, as an immigrant, like, that's being flexible. That is being adaptable. I would go with a bunch of friends or for work and my whole mind would be like looking for clues. Who do you need me to be so I can be that? And I went from that to this is who I am. Society will not tell me who I am. And I actually love doing corporate training and walking in with my like shaved lines on the side and saying my worthiness and my value doesn't depend on my looks. Like I love shattering ceilings and like breaking ceilings and organizations. That's what I love to do because I'm like, and then I open my mouth and they start listening to me because what I have to say. So this was another way, like my external was a big fuck you. I'm going to wear ripped jeans and I'm going to cut my hair and you're not going to tell me who to be. So I think that was a lot of, uh, like, you know how sometimes we go from one extreme to the next extreme until we find that like happy medium. So I think I definitely went from like ultra feminine to like ultra masculine rib jeans sneakers and i love that and now i'm coming back to okay what is going to be my kind of like mix because it is our the way we express ourselves in the world i believe through our clothes and through our style it also reflects how i feel about myself on the inside so when i wear like today i'm wearing my red jeans it, like that's edgy and i had a big meeting with the bank today like that was edgy but that's who i am and if they want edgy great let's work together if it's too edgy for you do not invite me i'm not for you like you're not you're not ready for me and i don't want to do this work well i love that you are shattering those glass ceilings i think it's great in the corporate world for them to see different things and also just in terms of the role model that you're being for your daughters to to show them, and I'm the same way, that you know we don't need to be princesses. We don't need to be this particular narrow definition of whatever. Like we can be, like being a, a girl, being a woman can mean whatever you want it to mean. Because guess what? You're a girl. So yeah. looking like a girl is what you look yeah. like because yeah. <laughs> that's what totally, you are. Totally. So I think that's a really... Um, beautiful and important lesson that you're passing along to your daughters thank you and all the women around me this is the permission piece right it's like it's being who you are being authentically who you are in all of these different ways and for women who are like but i don't know who i am i think this is one of the like part of the work that i do right is helping women rebuild their identity like who are you now not who you were when you were 19 because remember i said like who was i when i was 19 It's like, those were the qualities, but that's not who I am anymore because I've had this whole life experience, right? So it's like, and giving permission to other women to be like, this is who I am and this is who I'm not. But it does take a lot of courage and a lot of practice. Practice. Yes. You mentioned the work that you do with women. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us more about that? Oh, I love, I love, I I do mostly. So I do corporate training uh, on the side and then I do do a lot of work with women and basically helping them tap into their, as I said, tap into their identity. Um, I wish, uh, like my work, it's almost like we're changing all the beliefs that they have about themselves. And how do I, I help them to take their power back, to stop relying, as I said, on everybody else. Because the work, when it starts with, I don't even know who I am. 
So we kind of dig into like, who are you? What do you value? What are your values? What is your contribution in the world? Who do you want to be when you grow up, right? And then really changing their mindset that then changes their kind of like emotions, how they feel about themselves, because then their emotions drive a different behavior. And this is like my favorite work. Like I really give themselves back to themselves and I really help them to find their courage to make big changes. I'm definitely a coach that like, if you just want to kind of like wander around, I'm probably not for you because I will push you to do things that are scary, to fight for your life in a way, to like take a stand for your life, to make big, bold choices and then see how different your life becomes. I think every woman could benefit from that. And I don't know, do you find that there's a certain sort of age range that you work with? Because I find like, or I think rather that young women could really benefit from this to, I don't know, maybe save them from, (laughs) save them from some choices that they might've made, you know, but I guess we all have to go through those life experiences to, to make us who we are. And remember how we said in the beginning, like, because your path and your journey will make you who you are. And from that place, you can be of service to the world. So I think the only prerequisite uh, with clients, because I always have a discovery session and we like, I'm always looking for a fit. I'm, I'm lucky to be at this stage in my life where I don't have to work with everybody. I get to choose my clients. I think the only prerequisite is not the age. I love working with women who come to me and they say, I can't do this anymore. I don't care what it takes, but something needs to change. Those are my favorite clients. Something needs to change. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And you're ready to give them the tools. Yeah, Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to give them the tools. I want that for them. Because I'm telling you, like, the ripple effect that has on the world, right? Like, I love working with women because even though you're paying me, you're the only one who's paying me, it will change everybody in your life it will change your friendships it will change your relationships and i'm not saying i will make you walk away from your marriage maybe you'll choose to stay but redesign maybe you'll choose to stay in your career but see your value and the contribution that you're making and then that's that's what makes a difference when you're choosing where you're no longer feeling like i'm a victim of circumstances but actually i'm making a choice and maybe i'm making a choice to stay here for a year because i know what it will lead to but like to me, the fulfilling life, the fulfilling life is when we live our life in alignment with our values, who we are, and that choice. Yeah, because we all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to live authentically and to be appreciated and supported for that. Yeah, yeah. And like to seek joy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because as I said, we're so addicted to suffering. For some reason, like we were raised, a lot of us, with the belief that work is hard. Otherwise, you're not going to make money. Nothing is worth it that comes easy. Relationships are hard. Like, everything is hard. Friendship is hard. We're always like, we're living. And I'm like, what if it was easy? Like, what if there was flow? How can you start seeking more joy and more pleasure in your life and make that your life quest? Is it bringing me joy? That's what I ask myself every day. Like, how can I create a life that is more joyful, even if it's 30 seconds more a day. Because I'm telling you, like when I went through, I went through depression, I went through divorce, I was at a place where I was just not happy for many, many years. I was annoyed, angry, and bitter. And I'm like, that's not the woman who I am, and that's not who I want to be. So if you are in a marriage or in a job that makes, like, brings the worst out of you, it's time to go. Mm. Yeah, because I 
I do feel that, you know, when we experience joy, I mean, there's definitely some biological things that are happening. So, you know, chemicals within our body. And it's amazing how even just a good laugh can lift you. Yeah. And so to have more of that is is worth it. It's worth whatever it takes, really. And that's the thing. Don't hire a coach. Make the choice to increase your level of happiness every day, even by 10 seconds. I always say, like, what brings you joy? What? How can I have more of that every day? A little bit more. Maybe instead of, like, watching this sappy, romantic uh, movie and crying, I'll choose stand-up comedy. Maybe I'll go and walk on the green grass with my bare feet. Like every day as a woman, because you are right, we sacrifice ourselves. Somewhere again along the way, we've learned that to be a good mother, we need to put ourselves last. We need to sacrifice ourselves. And then we hate our lives, and then we hate our kids, and then we're like, I don't even want to be here. Here's one exercise that I always tell my clients. I want you to open your fridge and look what's there for you. Are there any foods that you love? Because when I did that exercise, I had what my in-laws loved, what my ex-husband loved, what my kids loved, what my nanny ate. There was nothing there for me. And when I went grocery shopping, I didn't ask myself, like, what would I love? How can I buy something that brings me joy? Like, what's my favorite food? What's my favorite fruit? Like, it's that simple. Start there. And, like, start embracing and start bringing yourself back into the picture. And, like, what brings me joy? Every day, choose something. I love it. Yeah. And we all deserve it. Yeah. What advice do you have for women who are facing a choice in their life, whether it be career, relationship, whatever? Mm-hmm. I think the um, in my work with women, I often talk about different ways how we self-sabotage ourselves and how we justify. And I think one of the biggest lies is that we often feel that we are alone. Like, we're alone in this. Like, let's say when I'm trying to make a choice, I always, I felt like I was always alone. I didn't have anybody. And this is a way how we keep ourselves small. So I think the advice and what drives my work, as I said, like not belonging is creating communities and reaching out for help and finding one ally. Like, who can I share my deepest, darkest secret with that I'm actually thinking of this big change? Who are my people? As you said, like maybe there are three or four people that you trust. We all need somebody to make those changes. Like, we cannot do it alone. And, you know, we talked about this epidemic of loneliness. Like, there are people that are so lonely all across the world uh, and also in North America, right? And this is why I'm taking a stand for creating all these different communities and women's circles. And this is where we met at the women's circle. We need each other. We can no longer do it alone. Because what I've learned is I can survive alone, but I cannot thrive alone. When I started going to our mutual yeah. friend Courtney's women's storytelling circle, it was magical. I had never done anything like that before. And it's amazing how it lifts you to be in a room with a community of women, uh, you know, a, a group of people who you feel supported by where it's a safe space. To walk away from comparison and competition 
into support because I think that's what we used to have. We used to have a full village, right, to raise children and now we're alone in our houses in the suburbs, right? So this is where we come back and I love having meetings with like elders and women who are way older than us and women who are younger and there is so much juice and learning in those conversations. So that's what I would say. The suggestion is stop telling yourself you're alone because that is a victim story and start finding people that will love you and support you even if it's two or three people come out to them and let them help you wonderful yeah that's great advice thank you you're welcome so what is next for you what excites you about the future i think what's next for me um i walked away from corporate for a while and i'm slowly making my way back and the idea is like, how can I bring more humanity into the corporate space? Because there are zombies traveling on a train to work. They hate what they do. And like on a like message of like joy, it's like, how can we make corporate environment more enjoyable? How can we help? I, t- I work a lot with women in leadership roles. And how do we stop imitating men? And what is a female leadership? So I think it's the work goes on and continues whether I do it with my one-on-one clients or through training it's all the same work it's all the work of like really seeing what is my value what is my contribution what am i worthy and as i said it doesn't matter where i'm with like this is my and and the choice i think one of my kind of like life purpose to show with my own life through my life example we always have a choice every time you feel like but i don't have a choice it's a fucking lie we, we're always a choice. I'm a choice to be here today with you and share this message, not knowing what what does it mean? Like, where would it lead me? But I'm making a choice to spend this time and share what I know and what I believe in. Somebody is a choice to listen to this recording for 40 minutes, trusting that somehow it's going to change their life or choose to turn off, choose to stay in a marriage, choose to walk away, choose what they're going to eat for dinner and how, like, are they going to go for a run in the morning because that's what they that's who they want to be or they're going to complain have a threesome with Jen and Barry uh or is that the ice cream brand Jen and Barry Ben and Jerry's Ben and Jerry you like <laughs> that doesn't sound right it's my favorite uh, ice cream I, brand so it's my favorite threesome it is <laughs> on a couch but or am I going to wake up and like be the woman I want to be like we we always have a choice to me like that's the most important work we're always a choice because we become victims to our circumstances we forget that we are responsible for our lives nobody else's and for our well-being so that's that's what's next for me to continue to do the work that I do maybe on a I don't know different different environments maybe I'm, I'm 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 playing and exploring wonderful mm. well good luck with those choices that you're making thank you <laughs> and thank you for having the courage to to share all of that with us i think it's been lovely hearing all of this and i'm sure that our listeners will take a lot away from mm. it thank you so much for having me and trusting me i'm i'm happy to share my knowledge so Let's wrap this up with our final five questions. So these are the questions I ask of every guest. I'm so excited. (laughs) Let's do this. So first, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, Definitely telepathic superpower so that I can get into the brains of the people and change their thought patterns. 
because that will change their life. It's our thoughts that create our lives. And I want to change that. So that would be my superpower. Awesome. When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? Oh, it's so funny. I always thought actually I would be like a teacher or work at a daycare. I always wanted to be around people and with people. And actually, I wanted to be a psychologist when I was 18. And my dad was like, you'll be broke. And see, here I am in a different capacity. But it's like, again, trusting that our kids know. So I wanted to work at a daycare. And now I have my own kids. And I'm like, fuck no. I'll <laughs> never work at a daycare. <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it. Three's enough for me. Um, if you, or sorry, if it were your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? A cheesecake. <sighs> okay. So here's the question. New York style or Italian? New York style okay. with like cherries. The thing is I'm really allergic to dairy and I can't really have it. But if it was my last day on earth, I'd be like, Fuck I'm it. doing it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going for cheesecake. Good call. Who is a woman in history or present day that you admire? Oh, there's so many, but my latest crush that I would totally marry, and maybe if she's listening to it, I mean, is Esther Perel. I don't know if you've heard about it. Google her, YouTube, the shit out of her. She talks about modern relationships, and she is blowing my mind with her message and how different it is, and I can listen to her for hours. I'm so on board in what she says. So in a nutshell, for those who aren't familiar with her, what is the thing that you've sort of taken away that, that, uh, that you'd like to share? So in a nutshell, she talks about how we have such high standards now for our relationships that we used to marry for like financial reasons, let's say. And now we want our partner to be our confidant, our best friend, intellectually stimulate us, sexually stimulate us, all have all these different satisfactions and make our life as an adventure. And it's not fucking possible. And this is why we're losing each other. And this is why we're divorcing because we have really, really high standards. And we expect that from one partner. And we walk away because like right now we're all about fulfillment. It doesn't fulfill me. So I love how she talks about uh, one of her books is Mating in Captivity. And The State of Affairs is her latest book. And she talks about uh, cheating in a relationship and that being an opportunity to redesign the system instead of walking away. She's just really, really like changes the status quo of relationship and marriages and what we thought. Because this is something that I mean, as a divorced woman, right, I always think, like, am I capable of having another long-term relationship? Am I capable of, there's something about passion. Like, how, where the, I, like one of the books I'm going to write is, where does the passion go to die? Like, what happens to passion? Like, where, why do we lose this? And this is something that I, I keep exploring. Like, how can I keep passion in my relationships? Because that is something that I'll keep walking away if I don't have it. That's when we talk about our values. I have to have it. Well, that, you'll come back when you figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> you'll yeah. come back and that will be another episode oh, yeah. in Where itself. Does your passion go to die? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you yeah. can tell us how, yeah. what to do. Okay. Totally. So, but Esther Perel. Esther, Esther Perel. Perel. Wonderful. Yeah. Last but not least, what is your favorite quote? So this is uh, my favorite quote by Marianne Williamson. It is a long quote, but I really, really want to share. Do you have your permission? Absolutely. So our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. 
Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Wow. I think it beautifully captures what we talked about today. I do too. I, I think it's perfect. Yeah. That's Thank you what, so that's much. That's what I live by. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me this chance to share and doing what you do, as I said, at being afraid of it and still doing it because it matters and because we need to share our life stories. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome.